You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Hello. I was wondering if you're going to give me a countdown or not. I mean, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. She's going to count this down, right? Or we're just going to sit here in silence. And I got you. Hear anything. All right. This is Punk Wisdom, believe it or not. And it's me and Jessica. Hey. Hey, hey. Um, Allison is doing something cool out at the Derby out in Mackinac Island or Mackinac someplace. City Not or something island, like yeah, that. Somewhere out there. It's she's, in Mackinac. She, she's got to do some announcing. It came up last minute for her, and so we had to change plans. Um, no huge deal. We're here anyway. So the show we were supposed to do today was going to be the direct marketing thing, comparing it to uh, the pyramid schemes, and which I was a part of a couple of them. So I have some experience oh. with pyramid schemes. Amway, I was part of Amway. Part of, oh, really? Yeah, part of Quickstar, which Amway turned into Quickstar. Oh. Um, and so I was part of that for a couple different times. I don't know what possessed me to do that. I did uh, AvoCare at one point. Oh, yeah. Germ- or wait, not AvoCare, sounds... Herbalife. That's what it okay, was. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Well, yeah. And so we're, there's a lot of di- – I mean, you're seeing a lot more of them pop up now. you got LuLaRoe, oh, you got Mary Kay, you got Avon, you got yeah. – uh, Sensi, you have Shakeology and like fifteen other just, shake companies. Yeah, there's so many other things going on. We're going to get into that um, probably not next podcast, but down the road a little bit. Okay, cool. Because not this one, obviously, but the next <laughs> one we're doing. Um, I got it. I got it. Uh, creativity in a busy schedule. Right. Um, so me going to school full time, going to work full time, and trying to write my book is kind of you know challenging yeah plus i'm podcasting and stuff like that so there's a lot of stuff packed in there and trying to spend Mm -hmm. time with the family right you know it was funny last night i was going to bed um because i try to go to bed early and i read for about an hour to two hours before i go to bed every night and i finish like four or five books a week but anyway nice um that's hey that's good i watch too much (laughs) tv i need to start reading i cut that entirely out um that's why you're smarter than me no But anyway, I was heading to bed, and, and Ruth was like, have you said goodnight to Kirsten yet? And I'm like, I go, I think so. Why? Uh, no, she didn't say goodnight. She said, have you talked to her yet? I'm like, yeah, but w- no. Uh, why? Well, did she have something to talk about? Yeah, is there and something like, I should know? And she's like, no, no, she just kind of misses you. You, you. you know, I'm like, you know, and then I sit and thought about it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. She only sees me about five or six minutes every day until the weekend. Right. Um, because I'm like, I get home from school and I make my lunch for the next day and I head straight to bed. So, right. <laughs> so, well, uh, I'm there's like, not much time to work dang. with. But so we, uh, we did go see Black Panther, um, that Friday before, uh, Good Friday. Oh, yeah. How was that? Um, I've heard really it. good reviews about it. I can't wait to go see it. I really liked it. Um, Just they, they had an opportunity it. to really make it political and shove it down your throat. Um, Mm-hmm. And they didn't. I mean, there's definitely wow. political overtones in it, but it was it was done, I think, respectively. But it so. wasn't like a straight punch in your face, like here it is right here, which is good because there's too much of that right now. So a nice break from it when you go to see a movie is good. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was really nice. Um, then right after that, I went to um, went to school and took <laughs> two exams. Wow, how'd yeah, you do? It, 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 the first exam was at about. Two o'clock, two thirty, mm-hmm. and the second exam was right around four thirty, five o'clock. So mm-hmm. I didn't get home till about you know seven, eight o'clock that night. Passed them both. Congratulations! I waited for you to drink something when I said that. <laughs> you did, <laughs> dick. Um, so no, so I I am now A plus certified in oh, IT. Congratulations! So that was kind of cool. 
Um, I still have to take my network class. Um, not the class. I took the class. I need to take the networking test. Network, uh, it's called N plus or network plus. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, security plus and then cybersecurity, which I haven't taken cybersecurity class yet. Uh, that, should, that should be a really interesting one. Yeah. Well, right now we're still in ethical hacking. So we're still right. hacking. Um, and there is no test for hacking. It's still, it's still too new. Right. So CompTIA, which is the big company that issues all these exams that the pretty much employers all over the nation accept. Mm-hmm. They see that you've got their certification through CompTIA. And they're like, yep, you know your stuff. Um, CompTIA does not have an ethical hacking test yet. And so basically the only way we get certified is if you get taught by someone who is quote unquote certified. It's kind of like a catch 22. It's like you can't get certified unless you get taught by someone certified. So how'd you get certified? Yeah, no, so you're right. Curtis is a, a certified hacker. Um, he's pretty legit since he was a black hat hacker and got arrested and all that jazz. Now he works for the government doing hacking. So he's, um, according to the secret service, he is perfectly able and capable of certifying people as hackers. That's so cool. <laughs> so, um, he just has to sign off on it. He just, and we were talking about this the other night. He's like, and you're not ready yet. So I'm not signing off on it yet. I'm like, I wouldn't <laughs> expect you to. <laughs> did you watch, uh, the movie hackers when you were young and like oh, yeah. fall in love with it? Like I did. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of cool that now, you know, you're learning how to actually do that, which is pretty Mr. Sweet. Robot. Have you watched Mr. Robot? Oh, I love it. Mr. Robot actually uses real hacking code. So if you ever he sit, does? yeah. So if you sit and watch him type and stuff, it's yeah. real stuff. It's the real stuff. No yeah. Well, I mean, good because you can't really get people into your show that, you know, the a big crowd of the people that actually follow that show and are into that show are people that are in cybersecurity, you know, and actually know how to hack. So if you put a bunch of crap in there that's not real, people are going to be like, that's not real. This is stupid. Why am I watching this? It's fake. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it, it is fake, but, you know, you have to have some realism in there. Yeah. Yeah. So we did that. Um, and then I was absolutely exhausted. I think I got home and I was up for about a half hour and I passed out. Oh, I was wow. out. It just, it was mentally draining. Yeah. Taking, that was what? Four hours of test. That's, uh, that's a really long so was, time for exams. Yeah. And honestly, it was an hour and a half each. I think the, well, the, the A plus, the 902 part of the A plus was a little bit longer and it was just, it was, I was mentally done. Well, people that have uh, labor-intensive jobs say that, you know, people who don't have labor-intensive jobs don't work as hard. And I have to disagree with that because yeah. you can easily be mentally taxed out. And because you're mentally taxed out, it's all connected. You're going to be physically exhausted, too, mm-hmm. you know. So definitely, those people can suck it. <laughs> so uh, Easter was cool, kind of. Um, we, I bought tickets uh, a couple weeks ago before Easter, um, to go see Ready Player One on Easter morning. Ooh. I, Cause I wanted the whole family to go see and we didn't have time before then. We had plans all the way up. I was like, we'll just go Saturday right. morning or Sunday morning. So all three of us went right before going to my folks house for mm-hmm. Easter, for Easter dinner. Um. Was it awesome? Yeah, I liked it. I mean, it's totally different than the book. Um, not totally different, but it's, there's a big departure from the book. I didn't read the book, so I'm really just looking forward to the movie. One, the graphics look amazing. It, you know, you would think that you're going in to watch a cartoon and it might get bothersome from switching from real world to cartoon world and so on and so forth. I mean, but honestly, you really don't notice. You really don't. He does a really good job with it. Um, Spielberg did did a really really good job. The other thing I was worried about was that they're going to use Easter eggs or nostalgia too much. There'd be way too much 
mm-hmm. uh, 80s flashbacks coming in. Um, and it was fine. You did you did a really good job there. You really, I can't say you didn't notice it because you definitely notice it. There's over a hundred different things that shot back to different TV shows and movies and music and all kinds oh, of things. Oh, God. And you're going to miss the majority of them the first time you watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it didn't detract from the movie. So right, it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, there, it had its flaws, but it was, uh, it was, it, it, it suited its purpose. It, it, it was entertaining. What, uh, now without like giving away anything, can you tell like what the storyline is to that movie? Like yeah, in a nutshell a, or whatever? It's based on a video game. Yeah. Um, and a video game called the Oasis, which is the virtual world. It's kind of, kind of like Second Life for those people who ever played Second Life, where you just take on an avatar and you can do pretty much whatever you want. But this video game called the Oasis got so big, it got integrated with uh, the rest of the rest of life. You actually, kids actually went to school um, in the Oasis, oh, so they didn't even have to leave their home. Reality? Yeah, they just put the glasses on the the oh. whole kid on. They sit down in class. And they go mm-hmm. to school there. Businesses are run inside them. It got so popular in the in the story that the currency in the game was more valuable than currency outside in real life. Wow. Um, so it was – anyways, the creator of this world dies. And the day he dies, he sent out a mass email to everyone who's in the Oasis, which is pretty much almost everyone around the world. Mm-hmm. Because you can actually get free goggles and gloves no matter what um, – if you signed up for school. They give them to oh, you wow. for free. So it didn't cost you anything to be in there. Right. And he designed it that way too. And there's different things in the game that would cost real world money, obviously. That's how they kind of made their money because they would actually mm-hmm. sell real estate to businesses and so on. It's kind of really cool and complex in that way. In the book, it really gets into it. The movie obviously doesn't tell you any of that stuff. But anyway, he dies and he decides to hide an Easter egg in the game itself. Uh-huh. And for those people who don't know what Easter eggs are, it's something in old, it's been around in video games and even in movies and stuff nowadays where they hide, where the creator will hide something in there. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be an egg. They just hide something. Sort of like right. the very first Easter egg in any game was in a game called Adventure for Atari. Mm-hmm. And back then when they first made these video games, um, the creators were never allowed to put their name on the game that they created. It. Our Atari wouldn't let them. Mm. And normally it was only like one or two people actually ever made these games. And so what this creator did of this game adventure is if you actually found his Easter egg and you took it to a certain area in the game, you didn't even have to beat the game. You just had to know where to go to find this thing. Right. And you take it to a secret room in the game and you would, it would actually say this game was created by so-and-so. Oh. Um, so it was, that was the very first Easter egg ever in a game. And so then – which takes actually makes a big – has a big plot point in the actual movie itself. Um, but I didn't give anything away there. So anyway, um, he decides to hide an Easter egg in the game. Mm-hmm. And he's like, for that person who can find this egg, you get the company. Wow. You get, you know, my money and you get the company. Awesome. And because he didn't have any kids, he he never married and so on and so forth. Right. So uh, that was it. So the whole movie is, is, takes place after this guy's death and they're trying to find this Easter egg. And the only clues he left behind are a couple different riddles mm-hmm. and the fact that he was a huge 80s buff because he grew up in the 80s. Right. And so the culture in the real world all of a sudden flopped back to the 80s. Everybody was wearing 80s clothes and hairstyles. Cool. It was just Because it was like they were trying to find this Easter egg. Yeah. So it's so that's that's why there's a lot of '80s references and stuff in the movie. Sweet. Well, then I'm gonna love it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I figured my wife was gonna really love it. She was an '80s girl, mm-hmm. and Kirsten loved it just because it was animated and it's 
edge of your seat the whole time. There isn't a lot of time where they're just sitting around chit-chatting. Awesome. So it's, it was a lot of fun. Uh, would you recommend reading the book before you see the movie or? Um, kind of, sort of. Yeah. And okay. I, I say you don't have to, but one of the things the movie lacks is actual real character development. You don't give right. a shit about these characters really in the movie. Right. Because they really don't get into it. In the book, obviously they get into it. I, they really He really develops the characters really well and you actually caring about these individual characters. In the movie, you just don't. All right. So I'm going to have to wait for Ready Player One to come out on DVD or something like that and I'll have to read the book first because I'm big on character yeah. development. Yeah, you know, it's this is really a, what pulls you in. This is a movie in. you're going to want to see on the big screen, though. Yeah? Yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> Caught but between a rock and a hard place. It is. I mean, it's still, it's still good. I, a buddy of mine at work said he hasn't read the book. He went and saw the movie, and now he's reading the book. Oh. So, Do it, you say that the movie kind of ruined the book, though? No. Oh, okay, cool. No, it, I mean, it, it ends the same, but the way, the, from the, the way they go from point A to point B mm-hmm. is different in the book. If that makes okay. any sense, yeah. I mean, because there's an obvious like challenges and so on and so forth. They get these, they get this egg, and they change them for the movie because the ones they do in the book wouldn't translate well for the movie. Got so it. So you're not, yeah. It's so, not exactly the same. No, it's I mean, same storyline but different. Yeah, and the author of the book is also one of the screenwriters of the movie, so it's oh, not right like on. so it was a lot of stuff that he changed himself. And I think some of the right. stuff he changed was actually better than the book, but. All right, so, well, uh, I'll watch the movie and then I'll read the book. Yeah. Thank you for that. I was curious. <laughs> yeah, no problem. And Easter was a lot of fun, not really. Yeah, how... Uh, I went to my folks' house and it's it's just funny how little things, not little things, but it just constant reminders of... Why you don't like your family? No, I love my family. <laughs> just how I am so different than them. Right. You know, it's I I had maybe two conversations with people the whole time. Right. Just my own family, and I've been close with them. I've done nothing to upset them about me. So, yeah, so it was just kind of weird. So a lot of times I was just kind of sitting there, right. not doing much. My uh, Kirsten brought her boyfriend. I uh-huh. think I talked to him more than I talked to anyone else, but he's in the same boat as me. I and mean, he's a little autistic kid right. who loves music. He loves computers. So uh, You guys I like have music. a lot in common. I like computers. So we're just sitting here talking right. back and forth. So it's funny, the different conversations I would bring up to family members, I could tell that I could just see it in their face. Like, is he going to stop soon? <laughs> and I'm like, so eventually I was like, all right, I'll just walk away. Right. And they're, not, and they're not even going to know that I walked away. <laughs> this isn't fun for either one of us. Okay. <laughs> and then it was funny. And out of the blue, my mom sends me a text like the next day or something saying, I love you. <laughs> I'm like, cool. I, I don't know what prompted Thanks. that. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> I love you, ma. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, she was probably just happy that you came or whatever. You yeah, know? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, she doesn't see me quite as see us quite as often. So, well, I mean, life's busy. Yeah. Obviously, you just named how busy it actually yeah. is. You live in same house with your daughter, and you don't have time to hang out with her during the week, which yeah, you know is understandable. You're working, you're going to school. That's a lot of stuff to be doing. You're writing a book. You know, you're busy, but you're getting it, so good for you. How was Easter for you? Um, I didn't go to family yay. stuff. Yeah. No, yeah, it was <laughs> yay. I chose not to. I just kind of skipped out of it this year. So I I don't even, what did I do? 
I think I like I worked, <laughs> and then at some point Did I you like get paid like time and a half for that or double time. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, so I like just worked, but I was working from home, so it wasn't that right, bad, right. you know. And hung out with Chris, and I think we watched a movie, and you know, smoked some oil, and you know. Had a couple drinks and watched a movie and chilled. So it was nice. It was calm. I I need nice and calm because I am so busy literally from the time I wake up till the time I go to sleep that it's really nice to have downtime. And that's another reason why I didn't go to Easter. I'm like, I could like take half of this day to actually be calm and relaxed or go around family and have everything be busy and chaotic and, you know, have to deal with that. And I was like, no. I can do a pretty good job of tuning everyone out around me. Right. Um, Me too. I don't show up. But when it comes to, <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to family, you know, they sometimes don't let you. No. You know, come do be a part of this little activity or be a part. I'm like, ah, right. Know. They're like pushing the family on you. Seriously. Yeah. Like, like I, I, no, I, I showed, I showed up. Isn't that good enough? <laughs> I'm right. here. Right. <laughs> My presence is here. Well, um, and you know what? I, I don't. I don't know. Easter's a weird one for me. I don't feel like I have to go celebrate Easter. That's like now apparently about a bunny and some eggs and some candy and shit <laughs> when really it's like Jesus's rebirthday. So to me, I'm like, Oh, okay. Happy rebirthday, Jesus. I'm going to drink some wine, <laughs> smoky from the tree and, you know, I don't know, watch a movie. <laughs> so it worked out great. I don't feel pressure like, you know, like Thanksgiving or Christmas or something. Right. Easter isn't right. really a holiday that means I have to go celebrate with family. Yeah, you know, I, if I had kids, it I would be different. I think. Like that in a long time. Yeah. Even Christmas or so. I, I I don't really get into any holidays. I'd like to think that I get into like Halloween because I like that time. Well, of I mean, because Halloween's the best and holiday. Cool, but honestly, I don't want to get dressed up because I don't like I don't like attention on me. So I don't want right. to do anything that's going to draw attention to me in any way. Right. Which is really really weird. Do you hand out candy? Um, yeah, sometimes if I'm in some place, but I'm in an apartment. So if I oh, go, okay. if I go somewhere, if Ruth is actually able to pull me out of the apartment to go someplace, <laughs> right. then usually I stay there and pass out candy. Usually with my dad or if I'm with at her mom's house with her mom or something. But oh, I know. But yeah, so yeah, so me me and attention. I wanted to come back to that because it was a perfect. It was a segue right into oh, sorry. writing. <laughs> sorry, I <laughs> no. led you astray. <laughs> it's okay. It's really easy to do. Um. No, which is funny because I I wrote a book and I uh, I'm like okay here it is and put it out there and I want nothing to do with trying to promote it or market it or anything because I don't want that kind of attention. Well, um, yeah, and then you have to sit there and talk to people about it and do readings from your book and everyone's staring at you. Thankfully, I so. haven't done any readings yet. Um, I did I did uh, book fest uh, Detroit book fest last year. At, uh, down in uh-huh. Eastern Market. They're going to have another one this year in July, which oh, I'll get nice. to in a moment. Um, but I shared a table with a couple friends, mm-hmm. um, which was actually kind of comical because both of them, one of them, um, her name's Jennifer, and she she's a romance writer. Okay. And she's got about, I want to say, three, four books under her belt maybe right now. Oh, wow. So she takes a good section of the table. She's got a lot to display. And the other guy I was with, um, he writes... Uh, more horror type stuff. Uh-huh. And he's only got, he's got two books and then one serial. So he challenged himself last year to write 10,000 words. Us authors go by word count and not by page count. So sorry if I 
confuse anybody out there. Usually you can fit about 300 to 400 words on a page. So if that gives you any idea of how many pages this guy was writing, there you go. Um, he challenged himself to write 10,000 words a month. Wow. And so he would have, and he would publish it. Oh, wow. And so at the end of the year, he would have 12 things. And then he'd be able, then he's planning on putting it into like an omnibus, is it called? He's going to put them all together mm-hmm. later on. Um, so right now he sells all 12 of those. Um, at the book fair. So he has a good section of the table because he doesn't just sell his books, but he's also got coloring books that goes along with his books and different paraphernalia oh, wow. that goes along with it. So he takes up a good section of the table. So he's an author and an artist or he hires an artist to do He's the got a good books. artist. Oh, okay, He's got cool. a buddy of his that does all of his own, all of the art for him. Okay. Um, so I only had the one book, so I didn't take up much space. Right. Luckily for us at the Splash Book Fest is that the table next to ours, the guy never showed up. Nice. And so we went and asked um, the guys who, I'm not sure, the owners or the founders or whoever, the guy, main people at the whoever place. Whoever like runs it, yeah. Not Easter Market, but runs the actual book fest. And we uh-huh. asked them, like, look, this table's empty. Can we take it? Right. And he's like, it's already paid for. Go for it. If the guy shows up, just move. Right on. And so we did. So when? my friend Jennifer went over there and she just took over that whole table. So me and Andy just sat at the one. So it worked out. Um, I sold about 10 books that day, which is, awesome. from what I understand, good. Yeah, um, I would think. And it was so hard talking to people about it. Andy's like, it gets better. It gets easier the more you the more you do it. Yeah, it's just practice, just like anything else, you know. And my hearing is like not bad, but it's, it's funny. I can't tell you how many times I had to re-ask somebody, how do you spell your name again? And what's your name again? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm signing them too. And and so it was it was funny. But anyways, my uh, I'll take this moment to promote my book. Hey. I wrote a book. Uh, it's called uh, the Mel- the Malevolent Malevolent Witch. I can't even pronounce it, but yet that's what I named it. <laughs> um, I named it that just because it is about a witch who goes on a on a revenge hunt, and Ooh. she uh, and I googled the name. I was uh-huh. googling a bunch of different titles that I was coming up with just to see what would pop up. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to Amazon to do the same thing, what pops up with this title? This title, and I found out that nobody had that title. So awesome. it was a fir- so mine is the first one that t- comes up if you type it out. What does that word mean? Ma- Malevolent. Uh, don't ask is me that. Right? Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Ruth, if you're listening, look it up for me. Um, I know you're listening. So uh, it's the Malevolent Witch, uh, and and the subtitle is the Book of Cain, Volume One. So the main character is a dude who's a bounty hunter who uh, gets his hands on a contract uh, that was already taken. Basically, he's playing the whole first opening chapter is him playing poker mm-hmm. with a guy. And he's about, he has, he had more chips than the other guy. And so this other guy's like, I will, I'll give you this, this contract that I've already, I already caught her. She's outside right now in the, in the, the little carriage. He's got this locked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's already out there. It's worth 10 grand. Right. Um. So he's like, okay, I'm going to have to take your word for it type of thing. So anyways, he winds up winning this and winning her, which is kind of a little bit of a running joke throughout the book that he won her in a poker game. She kind of pokes fun at him. <laughs> on it. Um, but she comes from, she's a witch. She comes from a society where it's very matriarchal mm-hmm. and men are slaves. And so oh, wow. it takes her a while to warm up to him. Right. Um, and so there's a little bit of a back and forth with them in the very beginning. And they, they wind up falling in love and all that jazz. Um, I wasn't very good uh-huh. at that whole stuff. Um, so it was because of my first book. But anyway, um, 
But yeah, they go on this adventure because he finds out that something's fishy about it, and so he starts investigating it of mm-hmm. why. And because she's, you know, whatever. I'm not going to give anything away. So anyway, yeah, they kind of go on this whole jaunt, and you know, he's he can't die. Why can't he die? He, I just gave away. I just spoiled oh. something. <laughs> but anyways, he yeah, should I edit that out? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> He's cursed. She figures out the curse, uh, or kind of in a better, odd way. And so, anyway, so it was. It's it's fun. I think it's fun. People who read it say it's fun. I'm mainly looking for people who can uh, put a review on Amazon for me because as soon as you get like ten reviews on Amazon, Amazon mm-hmm. starts giving you marketing offers. Like we'll help you promote your book. At such and such cost, you know, and so on and so forth. Right now, they're not giving me diddly squat because I've got like five reviews on it. Um, How many reviews do you have to get to like have them offer you that marketing or whatever? Ten. They usually, oh, oh, just ten. okay. Yeah. So I, I, I go on Facebook every now and again and try to pump that, like, dude, just leave something because I right. know there's more than 10 people who have read the book. Um, so so it hey, take if much, you're but... out there and you haven't read it yet, buy Matt's book, leave a positive review on Amazon. Let's get this man some marketing help, okay? Yeah. The um I'll I'll actually buy it from you because I like fantasy like that. And uh it's a post apocalyptic um oh. and fantasy. So something happens to where half the population, more than half the population gets decimated and it takes place about two hundred years or so after like today. So two hundred years or so in the future. Okay. So it's got a whole post-apocalyptic type of feel going on where they're going through cities that are just totally abandoned. But there's also – it can be high fantasy, meaning mm-hmm. elves, dwarves, and so on. They do exist in this world, but you're just never going to see them. I I, I think they talk about them once or twice in my book, and you, there's one dragon that is kind of a key player in the book, and she gets talked to a little bit. And that's that's it when it comes to high fantasy type stuff. So everything else is usually just magic and that kind of thing. And I, and I play around with uh, gods. I have I have they have a different type of role in my in my Ooh, world. That's interesting. So um, so it's yeah, definitely different. It's not your run of the mill regular fantasy book. You know, it's post apocalyptic post apocalyptic featuring yeah right <laughs> featuring you know. A witch and a guy that won her in a poker game. My uh, my author name is M. Period R. Period Gross. So Mr. Gross or M. R. Gross, however you want to do it, um, should be easy to remember. Um, so yeah, there's that one. I uh, it was a couple years ago. I just got an idea out of the blue. To it, my my idea was that opening chapter. That's right. all I had. I had no other story. I had no idea what was going to end. I had no idea who the characters were going to be. All I had was this opening paragraphs opening chapter stuck in my head and so i just wrote it and it happened to be on a weekend that i was ruth and i and i think kirsten was with us i think we went up north because my parents went a cabin up on higgins lake mm-hmm. and we went up there with them i think it was like uh, labor day weekend or something yeah so we were just trying to spend time with my folks and i brought my laptop up there and i just started writing i wrote the three four chapters that weekend wow and then and then i was nonstop after that and I finished it in three months. Of course, that was back when I actually had time. Well, yeah. But I mean, that, <laughs> even so, though, that's still impressive because a lot of people get stuck. You know, I've written short stories when I was younger that you get stuck at some certain point And you're like, all right, I'm just going to put this away until later and pick it up another day. Because for now, like creatively, I'm tapped out. Well, what helped me is so, I got impressive. myself involved in a writer's group. 
Oh. Um, I was with them for about a year up to that point. Uh-huh. And I was writing something entirely different. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was what we do with the writers group is you just have to be okay with submitting some of your work and have them critique it. And they're harsh and they're not, they're not, they don't, you know, tiptoe around. That's good because the public isn't going to not be harsh. So it's good to like get that out in a comfortable group where you're familiar with people, you know, before you go ahead and publish something and possibly get lambasted by people that you don't don't know. And I don't mind the, the criticisms at all. I, I, uh, I sold a bunch of copies to some people at work mm-hmm. and a couple of them went to some ladies who weren't personally going to read it. They just gave them away as presents. Mm-hmm. And one of those people who got it for a president contacted me through Facebook and he's like, he says, do you take feedback? I'm like, hit me. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, all right, here's what I thought. Boom, 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 boom. Overall, he was, he liked it, but he had a couple other criticisms, criticisms in there. And I'm like, yep, I totally know about that. And you know I didn't change it. <laughs> it sounds like it was constructive, though, as opposed to just criticism. Yeah, he wasn't being a jerk. Right. And, and you do get some jerks out there. You're going to get some trolls out there. Luckily, so far, oh, yeah. the people who've left reviews where they've left them have been pretty good. So have been good. Awesome. So um, you can't really. Add, and what I was going to bring up, too, is the whole self-publishing thing. Mm-hmm. Because I, I wrote it in three months, the first draft. Then it went through several rewrites. And then after like the first or second rewrite, I gave it out to five beta readers. Okay. So I picked out five people um, who volunteered and like read this book. And I gave them a free how, how copy How did of you the book. find them? Were they people in your network, like at Facebook friends, or friends? There's family. somebody at work. Um, I put it up on Facebook and a couple people contacted me through there. Okay. Um, I don't even care if they're total strangers in the future. How right. would I do it? Um, basically, I'm just looking for them to give me feedback. Yeah. I, I go, I want, I go, don't tell me you love it and walk away because that's not what I'm looking for. Right. I want you to find the flaws. Right. Give me your constructive criticism yeah. so I can make it better. And, then, so, and a couple of the people I asked, to, I, I specifically asked them to look for certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to make sure that my character who has blue eyes in the beginning of the book has the same blue eyes at the end of the book. That mm-hmm. I change it for some odd reason because sometimes that happens. You just... You forget and you just write stuff because well, I'm not. I'm not sitting up. down all in one session to write an eighty thousand word book. Right, <laughs> I'm writing a chapter a day sometimes, and so I could get to chapter forget fifteen and forget what I wrote in chapter one. So makes sense. It's not like you're going to reread everything you already wrote before you move on to write the next thing. You're just going to read the last few pages and probably go from there. Yeah, and then uh, then but when you're done, then I think I've read my book probably have to be over a hundred times. Because wow. I've just reread it and reread it and reread it, changing things, making mm-hmm. things th- flowed better. I still missed stuff, um, and it's just going to happen. Um, Amazon, Amazon has this uh, thing called Create Space, mm-hmm. where you can actually self-publish. They just, you know, you upload well, your stuff. And before so, you get there, yeah. I wanted to ask you: Did you have somebody go through and proofread your book, or did you do that on your own? Yes. Wait, which one? Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Okay. So no, the beta readers got back with me and I made changes accordingly. Oh, okay. And then when they got, some people were telling me I should have had it edited before I gave it to them. Right. I'm like, why would I do that if I'm going to have to go back and change something? Right. Uh, my grammar isn't the greatest. Right. Neither is my punctuation. My spelling is atrocious. Good thing we have spell check. Um, so I figured I'm going to give them a raw copy and I let them know. I'm like, you're getting a raw copy that's unedited. Right. I go, so don't pay attention to punctuation and stuff. That stuff will be corrected later. Right. I'm just looking for story elements. Right. 
Um, so that's what they feed, gave me feedback on. Oh, okay. And then when I got that back, I had an editor. Um, she edited it. Uh, unfortunately, she had it for over a month, which kind of bugged me. But I really didn't give her a timetable. Which That's I, a long time when I you're waiting out, for something, you know. Which I found out was my flaw because I never gave a timetable to my guy who does my art. Right. And he took over a year to do the cover, Ooh. which he's learning how to do book covers. He was oh, going, okay. he's taking a class for it. And so I understood. And that's why I didn't push him. Plus, I was still in the editing process. I really wasn't right. wanting to rush him. Plus, the final result is freaking outstanding. So I was like, and then I brought up the fact to the new book that I'm going to be writing if he wants to cover up for that. And it's like, yeah. So awesome. I'm sure he'll be faster with that one. Um, she's, so. Oh, she sent me the, the uh, definition of malevolent. I'll look at it later because uh, I'm in the middle of something. So um, so I gave it to her to edit. And when I got it back from my editor, mm-hmm. um, I reread it. Mm-hmm. Just to see what she edited, because she wound up sending me. She wound up taking like the first three or four chapters, editing them, and rewording things for me too. She's like, "Do you mind if I reword some of your sentences to make them flow better?" I'm like, "Do what you got to do, right?" Um, as long as you're not taking the core of it away. Yeah, know? as long as you're not in, taking in the, the meat out of the story. So she did that. And I looked at it. I'm like, "Looks good to me. You don't have to keep doing that. I mean, you don't have to keep sending these back to me. Would you want this? Um, no problem." So after that, she just kept it and she didn't give it back to me until she was done. And then when I got it back from her, I reread it. And then I gave it to Ruth, my wife, and she edited it again. So I ran it through two editors. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then after that is when I finally went and published it because I had to get all the different details to my artist about how how big the cover is and how thick the spine is and all that jazz because you got to go through, which was cool because CreateSpace gives you the mathematical formulas to figure all that out. Right. I'm sorry. I cut you off before you got yep. to create space because I was trying to kind of go in steps like, okay, you wrote it, then you sent it out, then people gave feedback, then you had it edited. Because some people who may be writing their first book, this is good advice for them if they listen to the show. Yeah. You know? And, I, and I'm all over the place, so keep me on track. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then you had it edited. She sent that back to you, and then you went on to what uh, – what was next? Publishing or what did you just say? Create a space? I was still playing around with, I was still communicating with my artist. Okay. And I gave it to Ruth to edit some more. Hi, Ruth, by the way. I can tell you're listening. Hope you're having a good weekend. And um, I was on Create Space at that time, though, because I wanted to see what exactly they were asking for. Now, what is Create Space again? Um, it's a website, but they, they own, they're owned by Amazon. And it's for creators. So whether you're creating music or you're creating books or whatever you're creating, they will help you publish whatever you're trying to publish. Oh, so this is the self-publishing website that you Correct. went to. Okay. Correct. So they don't ask for any money up front. Mm-hmm. You just do it. And then during the whole process, they'll give you different – they'll ask you, do you want to – you know, make this exclusive to Kindle. And if you make it exclusive to Kindle, we will pay you residuals from pages read that people do. So basically if someone, say, buys my book mm-hmm. for Kindle and they got through the first 10 pages and they didn't like it and they returned it for their money, I'll get paid for the 10 pages they wrote, they read. 
Oh, that's cool. If it's exclusive with Kindle. If I don't make it exclusive to them, then they won't do that for me. Right. And I go, for my first book, I, I mean, I asked around to all my writing buddies and they're like, just do it for your first book. Just do it just because it makes it a little bit easier. And then later on, you can start making more difficult decisions mm-hmm. with your later books. I'm like, okay. So Create Space kind of, they kind of spell it out for you. It wasn't really that difficult. And of course, I did call a couple people. What the hardest part was formatting it. Right. Because I had to go, because everything was like typed out on Word. Right. And so then I had to format the pages to a certain size. I had to make sure my lettering was a certain, my font was a certain size and yada, yada, yada. And then you had to, then I had to cut and paste per chapter and make sure, and I had to create, it was just, that it, whole process was a real pain in the rear. Do they walk you through it? Like as you're going through no. the steps? Oh. So no, how? A writer friend actually, okay, gonna... she's got a, uh, she sent me a, just a document of how to do it step by step. Oh wow! Um, so I was lucky to have some friends who, yeah, are had already published books that way, and they know how to do it. Right. And so they, she sent me that, and so I was able to just go step by step and do it that way. So, but CreateSpace doesn't is not very intuitive that way. They just expect you to know your stuff, right, and then jump into it. So. If yeah. you're a first timer, maybe get some input from some people that you know if they've written anything ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, or contact me on Facebook. We'll figure it out. I'll help you out. It's, 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 I mean, now that I've done it once, I'm not looking forward to doing it again. Wait, what's your <laughs> Facebook handle since you just, you know? I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> Matt um, Macros. Uh, I'm on, I think, I know my, my author page is what you probably find me the best. I think it's at MR Gross. MR Gross. Yeah. There might be periods in there and I'm not sure. Like M period, R period. Um, try it with both. You'll find me. Um, so yeah, there's that. And now I'm currently, now I'm writing another one. So I started volume two because that mm-hmm. was volume one. I started volume two, got about 15 chapters into it and I stopped. Um, not because I forgot, not that I had writer's block or nothing. I just had another idea pop into my head. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, I want to run with this one because I wasn't really feeling the rest of cha- uh, volume two. And mm-hmm. I just don't, I, if I'm not, I hate, it makes it almost sound like it's a spiritual thing. Um, it's like, for whatever reason, I just wasn't into it. Right. And I want to be into it. Like the one I'm writing right now, I'm really into. Yeah. I can't wait to get to this next part. I can't wait to get this. Next. And the other one, I'm just like, eh. See, I so, feel like if you're creating something, you should be passionate about it. If not, you're just kind of going through the motions and that's going to show at the end product. Yeah. And, you know, people aren't going to like it because, I mean, come on, you didn't even like it, you know. Right. But who knows? Maybe at a later point in time, you might want to, you might end up picking that script back up and change some things I and will. jump back I into mean, there's, it. There's you know? a couple of spinoff. There's a spinoff I want to do. The one I'm writing is a, is a spinoff, but there's a, a certain spinoff that I want to do. That can't come out until I finish Volume Two because it, because it continues the story of Volume Two. Okay. And I really want to write that one. Mm-hmm. I go, but I have to finish Volume Two first. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> so I'm like, Ugh, it'll happen. It'll happen. Um, but the one I'm currently writing, a friend of mine told me that I should I should try writing a character that has my autistic difficulties. Yeah. Um, because I told him I was, I was struggling sometimes when I write characters, when I write characters with emotion, because I personally cannot read faces or body language. Mm-hmm. And so when you read my stuff for the first time, and this is before it was all edited, 
and rewritten and stuff. When I was presenting it to to group, a lot of them were like, all right, Matt, you can't just say this person's angry. What do they look like? Are they red okay. in the face? Are they crying? Are they enraged? Like, give us something. I'm like, what's that look like? I don't know what you're talking about. Right. So I would literally have to Google, what does it look like when you're angry? Just so I can see mm-hmm. what people's faces look like because I don't know. I don't see these things. Right. I mean, I see them, but I don't recognize them with my – Right. Because I don't recognize facial expressions. So it was really odd writing that way. And so I was telling a buddy of mine about that, and he's like, maybe you should write a character that can't do that. I mean, that would make sense because who better to write a character that is autistic than somebody who is actually autistic? So I was like, you're right. And I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, I could do that. And I just put it in the back of my head. I'm like, yeah, there's an idea. And I didn't really think much of it. And then I took a villain from – there's the only spoiler or probably the second spoiler – I'm going to give about my book is just one of the vi- there's more than one villain villain and one of them survives, so I've taken this one villain mm-hmm. and I'm giving her her own story, and it's this book that I'm currently writing is taking place five years after the one I just wrote, mm-hmm. and it's kind of her point of view. She'll bring up things. It's a complete standalone. Okay. So you don't even need to read my other book to read this one. Oh, she, so this isn't a continuum of, no. it's just uh She'll reference things that happened in the first book, but I write it in such a way that you don't need to read the first book. Okay. But if you did read it, it would be like, oh, throwback. You'll get insight. Um, what's kind of funny is I have a particular friend, female friend, mm-hmm. because I wanted someone who is an avid reader, mm-hmm. and she is. She reads more books than I do a week. And she reads the gambit. She's from fantasy to romance to horror. She reads it all. And um, so I told her, look, look, I need a female perspective because I like read it, writing female characters. Right. And I don't want to sound like a dude writing female characters. Right. I go, so when I write myself, do you mind reading it as I'm going along so I can catch stuff if mm-hmm. it sounds like, you know, if it sounds pretty masculine or whatever. Right. Like, if it oh, sounds yeah. too dude-like. Right, right. She's got big knockers and, you know, <laughs> you know, so she's like, yeah, I could totally do that. So um, it was funny because she read my first book, obviously. And so I'm starting to write, I'm sending her chapters of this one. Uh-huh. And she's like, and the first couple chapters, like, this isn't the Brie I know. She was uh-huh. not, she's nothing like the character in the first book. I'm like, just give it time. Right. And she's like, all right, I'm trusting you. And so now they're like, I'm, I'm like 20, 22 chapters into it. And so she's like, oh, there she is. <laughs> I'm like, told you. Was it a build-up thing? Kind of. Without I mean, giving anything away? Kind of. I mean, she she doesn't she doesn't act like a villain in this book. Right. And when she starts talking about the things that she's done in the past and she starts explaining some of the things, you actually start getting her point of view. So oh. I like I like villains. So if you ever saw Black Black Panther, Black Panther to me to date has the best Marvel villain. Period. Out of all the Marvel movies that have been out there, mm-hmm. Killmonger has been the best villain. Why? Because he actually has a backstory. He actually has a reason of being a bad guy. Right. He has a reason to his madness. And so when you read my first book, you run across Brianna, mm-hmm. is what she goes by, and you look at her as she's a very two-dimensional villain. I wrote it that way on purpose. I go, when you start reading this one, she isn't so two-dimensional. And you start getting to figure out, like, holy shit, she's complex. I'm like, yeah, she is. And, of course, she's got my issues. So she she sees the world differently than what normal people do. So people look – and she, she'll bring it up. She goes, people think I'm a bitch. Um, and she's like, I'm used to it, whatever. And she yeah. just keeps moving on. 
Um, so it's, I like it, but the other part that I'm probably not going to have as many, or at least my family probably won't read the book because it's going to be, there is romance involved in the book, mm-hmm. but it's with another female. So it's not your typical hetero relationship. Uh, um, Christians beware. Yeah. You might get triggered. <laughs> <laughs> it might be too sexy for you. Um, you can't handle it. It was kind of funny because my, uh, my, my female friend, Joey, she, uh, she got to, uh, there's a, there was one chapter where it was kind of more intimate, the first intimate scene. And I don't write very well. I had a couple of them in the first book. Actually, actually, none of them were really intimate. It was kind of more forced, every single one of them. <laughs> um, this one was definitely mutual and intimate. And she's just, it was funny because she finally texted me back. She's like, so I read the chapter. I'm like, yeah. She's like, ew. ew. She goes, I'm not into that. I'm like, <laughs> Fine, but how was the writing? I don't right? care if you liked it or not. How yeah. was the writing? She goes, no, they wrote about beautifully. I liked it. So I'm like, okay. She goes, but I didn't like it. <laughs> I'm like, I get it. I understand. <laughs> um, so anyway, it was kind of funny. But uh, So no, that's the difference with that one. I'm, I'm taking a different approach to it uh, character-wise. It's all, and it's the first time I've ever written in first person. So everything is in her head how she sees it. Right. So other characters are how she views those characters. So she's running into roadblocks where like I don't understand the face. There's a moment where the two characters are sitting next to each other, mm-hmm. and her girlfriend looks at her and trying to communicate with facial expressions or whatever. And Bria seriously looks at her and is like, "I know she's trying to tell me something, but I have no fucking idea what she's saying or what she wants me to do." So she just goes off and does what she's going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's lots of different moments of that where she's like, "Yeah, I should probably know what this means. <laughs> I have no idea," and she keeps doing what she does. Um, so she's very brutally honest. Um, I don't know. I, it, I'm having fun with it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Well, and I think that's really cool because, okay, I mean, there's that show out there. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's about the autistic boy that is with, you know, his family or whatever. And I had mentioned it to you at one point and I said, hey, you know, is this pretty is much with true? Sutherland? Or is this a Netflix series? It's a Netflix series. I can't okay. remember the I name of it. I think I know right what you're now. talking about. I don't think I saw it though. Oh, okay. Right. I can't yeah, I can't think of the name of it right now for the life of me whatsoever. But uh anyway, I mean there's a there isn't a whole lot of things out there. Autistic is becoming it's become such a thing and it's gotten so much more attention, but I don't know what you would call people that don't have autism. What do you call them? Neurotypical. Neurotypical people can't really explain what it, you know what I'm saying, the life of somebody else or what they're feeling or not feeling or thinking. And so it's nice and refreshing to actually have someone's viewpoint that can actually get into that headspace because it is your headspace. And there's not a lot of books out there with uh, the hero or the main character of the book being mentally disabled in some way. Right. And I hate using the word disabled because it's not – Autism is not a disability. And I hate the fact that they call it Asperger's syndrome because it's not a syndrome implies you know, people that it's are an illness saying and it's, and it's not. A lot of psychologists or uh, evolutionists are saying that this is evolution and people, you know, just moving along to the next chapter and becoming more animalistic, I guess. 
than, <laughs> you know, yeah, emotional yeah, yeah. and lost in that. And, you know, logic rings true more often, whereas people get too wrapped up in their emotions mm-hmm. too often. It's distracting. It's disabling. You know, if anything, emotions, they're a beautiful thing, but they also happen to be slightly disabling, uh, you know, if they're... Well, yeah, especially if you look the way with. evolution is going. I mean, the first the first man, they were, it was all about... The primal, the survival, the and it's yeah. survival. It's aggression, and it's you know uh, your survival uh-huh. instincts, which are based off of your emotions. Mm-hmm. And as we've got progressed through the years, I'd like to think that we've gotten past a lot of that. We're still very tribalistic, and we still do a lot of stupid shit off of emotions. But yet now we're starting to see more of a. I think we're seeing more of a trend with, especially with autistic people, that where emotion they're still there, but it's not. All consuming, right? We're not a lot of times we're not making our decisions off of that, right? Uh, we're a lot more indecisive, mm-hmm. but we're indecisive because we're thinking about it. We're, right. we're breaking it down. We're analyzing it, right? So In a logical manner, you give as us, opposed to you an give emotional. us a problem, and we'll get back to you a couple of days later, and we have a solution to that problem. Usually, by with eight pages, <laughs> um, it, that's just the way we break it down. It's like we, it's not like we didn't we forgot about you. Or it's taking us that long to break it all down to figure out exactly how we're going to fix this problem, even if it's not even a problem you want fixed. That was something that Ruth had to get used to when she she tried she had to reword some of her rants when she came home from work, you know. Because otherwise, I'm sitting here analyzing it and like, all right, here's what you need to do. I'm like, I don't want you to tell me how to fix yeah. the problem. <laughs> I just want you to listen and not say anything. And you're like, oh, that's so hard. Oh yeah, I want to fix it. <laughs> and I, and I'm very analytical, you know. And so, and it was funny because after I got done taking my, I'm going way back to the A plus success again. Uh, when I got done, Jamie, the director of the school, came into the room. She's like, you guys passed. And we were talking about it. She's like, I heard the test was really hard. She goes, especially hard if you're an analytical thinker. I'm like. I'm like, yeah, I go, it is because I, that's all I am. Right. I go, a lot of these questions are theory and a lot of these questions are, you're in this, it was just, it was a pain. But anyway. But whatever, you still, you still made it, you still aced it, so good for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm, we're, the next podcast, we're going to get into it, how exactly I find time to start writing. How in the world did I write 20 some odd chapters already when I'm 16 hours out out of the house, 16 hours a day? Five days a week, so I only have my weekends. Uh, we'll get into that and how um, how you can do that. I mean, if I I wish my my wish in this world is that I could write full time. Mm-hmm. My writing style is different than a lot of other people's. It takes me usually takes me twelve hours to write just one chapter, and it's mm-hmm. not it's not because I get writer's block. It's because my again I'm very analytical in my thinking. So when I come up with something like I want my dialogue to be authentic. My, my dialogue is realistic. Do you mean like and perfectionist? So, yeah, I'm totally okay. perfectionist on this. So I, I want, mean, if you're going to be writing, everything. that's a great quality to have. And so so. I, so and, and, and when I get stuck with a word, like, okay, there's a certain word I'm looking for, mm-hmm. I have some writer friends who like just put a blank there and they'll just keep writing and they'll go back to that later. I can't do that. That would drive I'll me sp- nuts. I'll spend half hour, yeah, 45 minutes that. just sitting there thinking like, what word am I thinking of? Or what thesaurus? And it's a mess. But anyways... That's why it takes me all day. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, good things uh, take a while. They don't just happen. So there is that. Definitely. Definitely that. And so, so It's a lot of fun. Go ahead. When can we uh, ballpark have an expectation for your book to come out? Or do you not want to put that kind of pressure on yourself right now, given your schedule and everything? I, I, I think I said, 
I'm not sure if it was this on this podcast or I just mentioned it somewhere else. I, I would love it if I could publish it before the next book fest, which is mid-July. Right. I want to say it's the 19th or 20th of July. It's on a Sunday. Um, it's not going to happen because I have to. I have to work. I have to work with other people other than myself. It was right. just my own deadline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd probably get it done. But since I have an artist I have to deal with. And an editor. And an and, editor to deal with. Right. I have some outside forces that I can't totally control. So right. um, it'll definitely get published this year. Right. I mean, realistically, probably the fall. But you'll keep us but, updated on when it's going to be coming yeah, out right. and everything, right? Definitely, definitely. Okay. And then we'll go ahead and I'll push it out on social media. I'll send we'll push it out. Punk wisdom, you. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. And, uh, Allison did all my, uh, she did my bookmarks, uh, a t-shirt for me, um, a poster for the book fest because of a Mad Splatter graphics. Yep. They did Shout all out to Mad Splatter graphics. So she did an awesome job with that. I need to work with her getting a website up because I don't have a website. All I have is a Facebook page right now. But I haven't had time to do Jack. So. Oh, there's only so many hours in <laughs> <Yeah>. a day. <laughs> so oh, there's that. Tell me about it. But um, So yeah, um, real quick. We'll end this up with, um, you can contact us. If you want to contact me with any questions or whatever, you can hit us up on Facebook at PunkWiser17. If you can't find my author page, hit me up there, and I can get it through to you through there. Um, our email is punkwisdomfamily at gmail.com. You can hit me up there. My actual author G, uh, Gmail account is m.r.grossauthor at gmail.com. So you can look me up that way. Um, so yeah, there's those, I think our Twitter's at punk wise. Allison will swear that it's not that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I thought it was at punk wiser. She keeps saying that too, but I don't it's think it's punk wise. It I think okay. it's punk wise. I'm pretty sure it's like, you know what? Maybe if I start using it, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so bad. Whatever. Uh, I don't go on Twitter. I, I get notifications because I have a couple people I follow that I, I like do. to hear what they're, what's going on. But anyway, oh, um, you know, that's about it. I was going to tell you something after the show, so I'm not going to bring okay. it up now. Um, I think that was everything I was going to bring up. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, Book Fest coming up in July. Be there. It's at the Eastern Market. It's a lot of fun. I mean, even if you're not into – I mean, there's books everywhere, but there's other things that, are, that you can buy there too, little knickknacks and so on. Plus, there is like two dozen food trucks out there. So I mean, if you're in the, yeah. the food trucks, I mean, because they have gotten some pretty fancy, pretty cool food trucks lately. I mean, nowadays they're just popping up everywhere. Oh, yeah. They're, they're parked out at Easter Market and there's some great food out there. So that's something else to look forward to too. So. Nice. Food and edifying your mind. Do it. Yeah. Stop um, eating and watching TV. You're going to rot your brain out. I do it all the time. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm not a moron. Um, my... Uh, I'm not going to be with my friend Andy and Jennifer. They are both going to be there, but I'm not going to be at their table. I'm going to be with a, be at a table of another friend of mine who's an author. Uh, her name's Octavia Reese. She's from Chicago, and she's coming over here to get a table, so we're going to do it together. Awesome. She's a former Miss Michigan, and she is a cello player, and she is a single mom of three kids, and she finds time to write and do all her other Sounds shit, like too. Sounds like a beast. She Good is. for you, she Octavia. Really awesome name, by the way. Um, so that's gonna, I'm looking forward to seeing her. I haven't seen her in years, so it'd be kind of cool. Nice. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't have a date for you on that. I'm pretty sure it's like the 19th or the 20th of July. I'll we'll come back to it. Okay. Probably bring it up to the next podcast when we're going to talk about creative stuff anyway. Yeah, so, makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's. I think that'll do it all. I I don't think there's anything else I was going to say. Do you all have right. anything else you want to close it with? 
I mean, tune in in two weeks for, you know, how to be creative while you're slammed with a really crazy schedule. Yep, yep, yep. That's it. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Catch you all later. Maybe.